I've been compiling a list recently, um, a, a list recently in my life, and it's my, <laughs> it's my well, that's not how I saw that working list. Anybody have one of those lists? Anybody have one of those lists in their life where they go, wow, that's not how I saw that working out that way. You know why I call it, <clears throat> I call it my, well, I didn't see it working out that way list because when I say it, it sounds a lot better than saying my I was wrong list. I don't like I don't like the I was wrong list, so we, we tend to soften it up a little bit and go, golly, that didn't didn't quite work out the way that I thought that was going to work out, and we, and we tend to move on. I, th- this list has been running in my life for quite some time. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly how many majors in college I had. I, I honestly don't remember. What I do remember is I finally graduated with a Bachelor of General Studies because I had so many majors that when you finally put it all together and they looked at me and go, wouldn't you just like to leave? I went, yes, I would love to just leave this place because I'm tired of hanging out with you people. I was a business major. I was a music major. I was, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of things. And so it was funny, but I always knew that that wasn't the end. You know, I knew it was going to be moving on to something else. I was going to go to seminary. I knew, I knew that was going. So that kind of point in my life, it, it really, really didn't matter, but it was a necessary thing to get me to the next step in my life. But I can tell you that that really didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out um, immediately. If you'd have talked to me uh, as well, there was a point in time when I was going to be a hundred different things. You know, I was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> That'd have been fun, wouldn't it? Um, I, I mean, just so many things that I remember. I was, I was determined that I was going to do this. Um, and, and then you just kind of go through life and you go, wow, that's, that's not how that worked out. Well, I, I didn't see it working out that way. But all of those things put together are part of what got me to where I am today. And that list, quite honestly, it continues to grow. It continues every day to go, wow, I didn't see that working out that way. Or I didn't see this happening. Or I didn't know that was coming or you know I I do have to honestly say there are times that I have to go I was wrong about that Um, those aren't the fun ones to say but that list just continues to develop it continues to grow in my life but here's the truth that I've learned I I came to know Christ when I was six years old so how many of you are six years old in here how many six years old in here all right sweet we've got some six-year-olds in here amen how many are over six years old anyone in here over Okay, awesome. So I started, I started walking with the Lord when I was six. And I tell people all the time, I don't remember much about that. You know, there's not a, there's not a significant amount of life change that happens in the life of a six-year-old. I was convicted to quit throwing rocks on the playground or something. I don't know exactly what it is that, that Christ did in my life at that time. But I, I know that I, I was trying to walk with God. And all along the way, it was just this journey <laughs> of continually going, wow, I didn't think it was going to work out that way. But just continuing to see God do things. So here's the truth that I've learned, is that when God is in the center of the equation, when God is at the center of the equation, the answers are limitless. The answers in your life are absolutely limitless. If you say, my life plus God equals, the answer are limitless. My job plus God is limitless. My money plus God 
is limitless. My church plus God. My friends plus God. My school plus God. Anything that you put and you put God at the center of it and make him part of the equation, here's what you need to be ready to say. Wow, I didn't see it working out that way. Because that's the absolute truth. When you put God in the center of whatever it is that you're doing, and yet you still hold on to these ideas that this is the only way that this is going to work out. It's going to be a rough ride for you at times. Because all you have to do is stop. Can you take a minute, anybody who's over the age of six in this room, can you take a minute to think, is there something in your life that you would look back on and say, wow, that didn't work out like I thought it was going to work out, but you're not upset about it. You just kind of go, I was wrong and that's okay. There are plenty of things in my life that are that way. Because what I see is that God's in the center of him and he's had this plan. And then when I continue to yield to God's plan and let him lead, it's like the illustration that we saw earlier. It's like God, it just fits right in that glove and he gets to move the fingers and the things around differently than what I want to. But I've learned that what I want to do all the time might not necessarily be the best thing even for myself, even though it might feel that way, even though I might want it that way, we've got to get God permission to move. And so here's what I've learned, that walking in faith is a journey. Walking in faith with God is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey. You don't, you don't give your life to Christ and then that's it. I gave my life to Christ. I can go home now. No, giving your life to Christ is this point of connection with God and with the gospel. And if you will, it's even a point of decision that we come to. We come to this point in our life that we go, I'm going to decide to let God lead instead of let my way lead all the time. And we're going to see where it goes. And that's what I mean by saying my life plus God equals limitless possibilities. Because when we don't put God at the center of our life, we limit our possibilities to what only we can do. Now, think about the things that get shared with us through our culture all the time. You can do anything that you want to do. If you just put your mind to it, if you just work hard enough, you can, just, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. I don't have an issue that that statement is not true. That statement is true for the most part. You put your mind to it, you work real hard, you, you keep your ideas within reason. It's like I said, there's some things. There was a point in life when I wanted to play in the NBA. That's never going to happen, and it never was. doesn't matter how hard I worked at that, no matter what I did, unless I had a lot of money to pay someone to be on a team for a day, that was just never, ever going to happen. But within reason, you work hard, you think about things, you put your effort into it. For the most part, you can make those happen. But that's not really the issue. The issue is, is that what God wants for your life? See, some people think that this journey of walking with God means that if I actually give him control of everything, if I let go and lay down everything, then I'm going to end up doing things that I really don't want to do. Because we have this win-lose mentality. As long as I hold on to my stuff, I win. As soon as I let it go, I lose. But the biblical view here is that when you let go of your stuff and give it back to God, you win. Because then you have my life plus God, and it equals limitless possibilities. Scary? Sure it's scary. Absolutely. It's frightening as it could possibly be at times. Because you don't have control, which we all want control. But you have to understand that walking in faith is a journey. In fact, think about it this way. One of the exciting things, if we will embrace it, about being a Christian and about walking in faith with God is discovering how true the truths of God are. 
It's discovering that, wow, God really is who he says he is. Wow, God really does what he says he would. Wow, this really works out. But then as you discover them, as you discover them today in your life, as you come across them and you come to those points where you go, wow, this didn't work out exactly like I thought it would, but it's a little different, it's a little better. You need to learn to share those things. Because that's your story. And as you are able to share your story and help other people connect that, you know what? It is wonderful when you stand up and say, my life didn't work out like I wanted it to, so I gave it to God and it worked out better. That's a, that's a wonderful story. But when you don't share those things, they get lost forever. Let me give you an example of sharing. We just sang it. It's on 547 of this green book in front of you. It's called a hymnal, Okay. Some of you who are under the age of six don't know what these are, but we used to sing out of these in church. 547. I know we sing these songs sometimes, and sometimes we don't pay attention. So when you read them, it's actually a little different. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. For me, it was in the garden that he prayed, not my will, but thine. He had no tears for his own grief, but sweat drops of blood for mine. He took my sins and my sorrows and he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and he suffered and he died alone. But then with, when with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see, it will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. See, it takes on a little different meaning when you actually look at the words that are in those things. Somebody shared their story. They happened to do it in song. And when we share our story with other people, it gives them an opportunity to grow. But when we don't share our story, think about this. If you don't share your story, you, every person in here, I'm talking to you, not the person next to you, not somebody else who's good at this or better than in your head. If you don't share your story, we miss information. There will be a gap in history where we don't understand how God worked because God's still at work. We, we're cleaning out some things here at the church. We moved the library in the church this week and we came across the Nelson's Perpetual Loof Leaf Encyclopedia spelled in a way that I don't understand, but that's okay. And you look at this, that's from the 30s, and it talks about the World War. Think about that. Actually, it's referred to as the Great War of Europe. And if, if history had stopped here... <laughs> If history had stopped here. You see, now think about this. When we talk about the World War today, what are we talking about? One that wasn't even in this book. I honestly don't even think about World War I ever until it was in Wonder Woman. And you go, wow, hey, they went back to Wonder, World War I and Wonder Woman. That's kind of cool. I wonder how historically correct that was. No, surely Wonder Woman wasn't in World War I. Okay? So that's why I got this book out. Wonder Woman is nowhere in World War I. Um, from these times but when you you think about that if it were to just stop right there and that was the last we had did did the history of Europe stop 
After World War I, obviously not. It kept moving. And it kept going. And so somebody had to take on the next opportunity to continue to tell the story. Let me just tell you something. When Jesus Christ gave his life for you and I on the cross at Calvary, history didn't stop. History began. The gospel message didn't end. It began. Because now it becomes an opportunity for you and I to share that story of what God's doing in my life and how it continues. You see, because Christianity, think about this, Christianity is a historical religion in a sense. You can go back and historically, factually walk the line back that Jesus was alive. He did walk on this earth. Those things did happen. He did die. He did rise again. And those stories are there to help us walk that line. And if, if all we talked about, let me just think about this. If all we ever talked about in church was something that happened 2,000 years ago, how many people would think that we're relevant at all? You have to take the things that happened and you have to say, now this is what it's meant for me today. And this is how it's affected my life. So it's so important to have your story of your faith journey and God's story of what he's been doing historically all throughout time and learn how to match those things together. We're going to look at this today in Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. And we're going to see that the truth, the truth of yesterday is absolutely still true. Truth doesn't change. The truth of yesterday is still true. But God right? God's not only the God of yesterday, he's the God of today, and he's the God of tomorrow, and he's the God beyond that as well. So without your story being told, we miss a piece of the timeline. And I know some of you are thinking, well, what does you mean? What do you mean tell my story? Well, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Don't you love that advice as a parent? Go on out there, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out because God has uniquely gifted you to be able to tell your story in your way. So I'm very careful. I don't want to give you a model today. I don't want to give you a, here's three steps to tell your story, or let's do this for everybody. You figure it out. Because if we had told everybody to tell it one way, we wouldn't have hymns. We wouldn't have other, people have giftedness to be able to tell their story. But we're going to look at how Paul used his story here. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Paul's writing, and he says this, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that I preached is not of human origin, and I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, let's just stop for a minute. We read this in Scripture, and we kind of go, okay, what's next? If somebody were to come to you today say that, you would go, this guy's, what, what's wrong here? But historically, when you look at the timeline, and you see where he was, and you see what happened, and you see the witnesses that were around it that actually saw this happen, in his life, you can historically go back to his story. And that read historically, history. That's great. And you can go back, and you can say what he's saying is is true. And so he got revealed the gospel by Jesus Christ by revelation. Verse thirteen, he says, "For you heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how I intensely persecuted the church of God, and I tried to destroy it." I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. And I love these next three words. But when God. But when God. Who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles my immediate response was not 
to consult any human being. You'll figure it out. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, which is Peter, and I stayed with him 15 days. I didn't see any of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother, and I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Sicilia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report that the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. Now see, there's a lot of things in there that we can go back historically and they all they do is gain more influence more validity and more power the more that you dig and discover that every word that paul wrote right there was absolutely true and it becomes this powerful story of how his story intersected with god's story and paul had a moment where he had to go you know this didn't work out exactly like I thought it was going to work out. Because he was dead, headed down an entirely different path until God intersected, until he had that but when God moment. All right? You ever had that? Well, but when God, that's a, that's a wonderful thing to share in your story. Well, but when God did something different, my life kind of went this angle. So here's what we need to understand. That my story connected to God's story is powerful. Okay, when I go back and I read about the Great War of Europe, it's interesting. But when I go back and see how God's story intersects with people's stories, it's powerful. There's a difference between interesting and powerful. And a lot of times we tend not to share our story because we think, well, my story's not always the, the greatest story. I know somebody else who has a better story. Maybe it's more exciting. Maybe it's easier. That's not the deal. Your story is important because it's part of the timeline. And it needs to be shared. It does not need to be lost. One of the things I love about First Baptist Church, it drives some people nuts, but I love it, is that we value our history. We value where we've come from. We value those who went before and have created a place that we get to worship today and that we get to be a part of today because they sacrificed and they moved and they did that. And we don't forget that. We want to take that forward into the next place and whatever it is that God has called us to, to do something new and something fresh and exciting. We don't want the history book to stop too soon, do we? We want that history book to go on to the next level, and God's calling us to that for sure. But here's, here's something to think about. I believe the absolute most powerful tool that we have for reaching other people with the truth of what Jesus is doing in His Word is the story of your journey of faith. It's the story of your journey of faith. No matter where you are on the journey, it's powerful for someone else to hear how God has intersected with somebody else. So you need to understand that the gospel, when we, when we look at this, it's not a man-made story, okay? That's your blank there. It's not a man-made story. This isn't something that somebody sat down one day and went, I'm going to write a great movie. That's not it. It's not a man-made story. This is something that was revealed to men by God himself. And Paul himself shows us that when he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that this gospel I preach, it's not of human origin. We didn't come up with it 
on our own. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. See, that's when I say you plus God is enough for anything. You plus God is enough for anything. But I'm also going to say this. You without God, I love that illustration of just that glove just dropping. It's just nothing. It just doesn't amount to anything. There is no power in it. There's no life in it. You can work all that you want for temporary satisfaction, but there's not going to be real powerful. You might live an interesting life, but it's not going to be a real powerful life. I can say this a different way. Until God alone, listen to me on this, until God alone is enough for you, nothing will ever satisfy your heart. Until God alone is enough for you, you can't love your children properly. Until God alone is enough for you, you can't love your spouse well. Until God alone is enough for you, you can't do your job the right way. Until God alone is enough for you, there's nothing in this world that's going to bring satisfaction. But when God is in your life and He fills you up, and you don't need anything from all those places, then you become a blessing for everyone around you. You know people like that, don't you? You've run into those people. You've run into people who you go, that that guy's just a blessing to everyone. Those are people who are living out of a fullness and an overflow in their life. They're not sucking you dry every time they're around. They're not always constantly looking for you to do something for them. Oh my goodness, have you been around those people? You want to be a life giver, not a life taker. And the way that you become that is that God alone becomes enough for you. And He will give you everything that you need to be able to give to other people as well. See, the Gospel, even though it's not a man-made story, here's the other thing. The Gospel does include stories of men and women. It's not a man-made story, but it includes the stories of men and women, you and me. The gospel includes our story for those of us who have said, hey, I I was walking this way, but when God, (laughs) that's our story. The stories of men and women who say, I was going to do things this way, but when God showed me that I should actually do it this way, I I I let him do it. But but when this happened in my life, God used that in this way. Those are powerful stories. They're, They're incredibly powerful stories. And one of the things we talked about um, in the, the workshop a few weeks ago, I know many of you weren't able to attend that, and that's fine, but one of the greatest ways that we connect people is through our passions, the things that we love to do, we're wired to do it, and we just find other people that like to do that as well, and we have a connect, you know? Think about this. What kind of car do you drive, and how many of those do you see between church and home? And you know how many of your cars I see between church and home? Zero, because I don't know what you drive, but I know what I drive, and everywhere I go, I see Jeeps. And everywhere I go, I go, I like those wheels. Wish I had those wheels. Okay, I can't afford those wheels. Okay, that's okay. You know, but you're always looking because you, you see that. Your passions, the things that you like to do, you can connect people that way. You can also connect with people through your pain, experiences that you've had in life, the hard knocks on the head that you've gone through that you see other people walking into and you have a connect all of a sudden because you can go to someone and you can look at them and you can say, can I walk with you in this? I've walked through this before. I know what this is like. Anything I can do for you, I can help. You know what? It means something from you. You know why? 
Because when you're going through a tough time in life, think about this. When you're going through a horribly difficult time in life, there's not a single person who has stood up and went, I want to go find someone who has it all together, who's done everything perfect, and I want to talk with them. (laughs) We don't do that. We go, I want to find someone who's been through this before, and I need to know some things about how this is going to end. And that's an opportunity for God to take the pain that you've been through and use it to help somebody else walk through that way, experiencing a little less pain. Man, and there's actually the even better opportunity is when we're able to share our pain with others and it becomes a, okay, I don't want to do that. And you actually help people avoid pain in their life. But you know what? Nobody knows that unless you share your story. Nobody knows that. Nobody sees that. So I'm saying the gospel is alive and well, but it's in the hearts of the men and the women who live it out every day. It's not a historical thing that we go back and just say, this happened 2,000 years ago. It's still happening in your life and in my life today, and people need to see that, and people need to hear that, and you need to figure out how you're going to share that story because it's powerful when we do that. I love how Paul says it right here. For you have heard of my previous way of life. Isn't that a great quote? You know why some of us don't share our story? Because you have heard (laughs) of my previous way of life. And some people go, I could never say that because they knew that I used to do. And it's like the Bible just takes that and turns it on its head. They go, no, the reason you need to share that is because everybody knows what you used to be like. How many people actually grew up in Weatherford? Grew up in Weatherford. Been here all the time. Yeah, they know. Okay. Come on. They know. You know they know, don't they? All right. See there? How many people just live in Weatherford right now? I'm just curious on that. Now I'm just doing straw polls. Hey, thanks for that information. Okay. But you know, one of the things that's funny is that I spent my late childhood and through teenage years in Texarkana, Texas. So those are the people who know my previous way of life. You know what I'm saying? Those are the people who can tell the the bumps and the bruises and the stories along the way. And sometimes it's comfortable to live in Weatherford (laughs) because you don't know, all right? And and that's what's great. And then came along Facebook. It just needs to die. All these people need to go away, get off Facebook, quit posting pictures of me, quit doing it. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean. But some of us get scared because you've heard of my previous way of life. But these are the stories of men and women that actually inspire people because they become real. They become tangible. You can look at someone's life and go, wow, there is something totally different. What has happened? And they're able to share those things with people. For you and for me, this sounds a lot like, well, I I once thought this or I once did these things or but then we're able to tell the story of but but this is what happened but then God but this is what happened and this changed my mind or actually I went through this and I realized that I was kind of being hard-nosed on that or actually I went through this and it softened me up a little actually I went through this and I became more determined than ever that this is what I need to do we have those moments and we need to share them and look if people disagree (laughs) they're people all right you're not going to tell a story that's agreeable to everybody. But you are going to be able to share your story in such a way that you're going to force people to have to think. Because when they see your life 
and they watch it for a little bit, they have to evaluate and determine, wow, is there something really different there? So your story is very powerful when it's connected to God. You see, in many ways, I think, quite honestly, that it could be said that a faith journey is, is simply you discovering more and more that God's way is right and your way was wrong and His way works better than anything else. I mean, couldn't, couldn't I put that as the title of chapter one in my book? I learned God's way is right, my way is wrong. Here's the case study. Case study one. Case study two. Case study seven million. I mean, you can just keep, keep walking down this thing where you understand that walking in a Christian faith journey is saying, I've, I've come to this moment where I've intersected the gospel. I've, I've made a decision that I'm going to follow Christ. But it's not over there. The story continues to develop and it continues to grow. And it's really simply this process of going, wow, I thought things were going to go this way. But when you put God in the equation, it happened like this. Wow, I thought, I thought life was going to go like this. And, you know, it's not perfect, but boy, God walk me through this way. Those are powerful, compelling stories. And so here's the last truth about this though, that when, when you connect your story to God's story in a powerful way, it will bring glory to God more than it will bring attention to you. Now this is the kicker on this. Some of us love to tell our story and you know those people as well, right? You share three minutes of what's going on in your life and they counter it with their 30-year history of how they've been through all those things. and done. That's not what we're talking about, okay? When you share your story, it's not going to make people necessarily only look at you and go, wow. But it's going to be presented in such a way that it gives glory to God more then it gives attention to you. And there's a reason I've used the word more there because there's no way that you can share your story where it's not going to bring some attention on you. I can't stand on the stage and preach in such a way that people don't notice. Does that make sense? But hopefully what I do brings a whole lot more glory to God than it does attention to me. And don't get me started on the pastors who are great at bringing attention to them but not necessarily bringing glory to God. That's a whole different sermon than that. But some people also live their life in that way, where they want people to see themselves more than they want to see God. Our story needs to point people to bring glory to God. I love the phrase that Paul has at the very end of this in verse 24, and they praised God because of me. They praised God because of me. You ever had a moment like that in your life? You gotta have a moment where you walked away from something, laid your head on the pillow at night, and you went, wow, people were actually praising God because of me. Because I did what God wanted me to do, or because I shared my story, or because I just served in this way, or because I just stepped in where God needed. I love that line, and they praised God because of me. That's not an arrogant line. You understand that. That's a line where, where Paul's kind of in awe of going, I, I was walking this way. I was killing these people. I was determined to wipe them off the face of the earth. And then God got a hold of my life in such a way that I've been on this journey with him and I've started sharing him. And there have been times where I walk away from places and they're praising God because of me. 
And part of the reason that they're praising God because of Paul was because of his story, because of his history, because of his past, and because God had changed it. You see, your story is vital. Your story is vital to the Christian message, but your story is not about you. Your story is about connecting what God has done in your life to the truth that you see in this story that's been going on a long time before us and will continue to go on a long time after us. It's when you learn to connect to the truth found in God's Word, and that's when your life will be lived in such a way that it will have impact well beyond your years on this earth. Is when we give it to something greater than ourselves. That's why it's worth it. That's why it's absolutely worth it to come to the point in your life when you say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to follow His way. I want to do things like he says to do things. It's not about coming to a decision because everything lines up and it makes perfect sense and you can lay it out and you can map it out all the way. It's about coming to the point where you realize that God has your best interest in mind in such a way that will bring glory to him and it will bring fulfillment and purpose to you. And you have the opportunity to say, yes, I want to follow you, God. Or you have the opportunity to say, no, I'm just going to continue to write my own story. I just want to close with this question today, though. What is my story? What's my story? You have the opportunity to determine what the next chapter of your story is going to be. Is God going to be at the center of it? Or are you still going to be the main character? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to give us just a moment to think about what it means to walk on a journey of faith. What it means to, to come to that place where we say, I, I'm going to follow God down this path. I don't know exactly where it's going to lead, but let's be honest, we don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow anyway. But God does. And that's why it, it's so awesome that we have the opportunity to say, God, I'm going to follow you. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to know it fully. You just have to trust that God is going to do that. So I want to give two challenges this morning. Number one, if you have come to that place where you have given your life to Christ, let me tell you something. Your story, no matter how simple you might think it is, your story just might be the thing that helps someone else come to that point where they would say, I'm going to follow God because of what's going on in their life. So would you please find a way to share your story? Connect it to what God's doing and let other people see how God is working in your life and let them connect with the gospel. The second challenge is this. Perhaps you've not come to that place where you would say, I trust God and I'm going to follow Him. Maybe you're still struggling with that. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to give your life to Him. What does that mean, give my life to Him? Well, it's a point of connection. It's a point of decision. It's about coming to the place where you say, okay, today, on August 20th, I made the decision to say, I'm, I'm going to try things God's way. I'm going to follow Him the best that I can understand, the best that I know how, and I'm going to give it my all to follow Him. And if you want to make that decision today, it's something that's between you and God. It begins in the heart, but then it's lived out in your life. 
So I want to pray for both of you today. And then we're going to have a response time. What does that mean? It's just a moment for you to respond to God. This steps will be open here at the front if you want to come and pray. Our pastors and staff will be at the front if you want to come pray with someone. And we would love for you to do that. Maybe you want to come pray for someone. Maybe you want to pray how God would encourage you to share your story and you want to get on with that. But I want to pray for you this morning. And then we'll have our response time. God, first I pray for those who need to share their story. That you would show them clearly what it is that you're calling them to do and how they can do that. And how it's so important in the piece of the timeline for right now that people see that you are alive and well and at work in the hearts and the lives of people following you. God, it may be secondhand to us. It may be simple to us, but it's incredibly powerful to someone else. So help us do the work of connecting our story with your word and giving you the glory for it. And God, I want to pray today for those people who are wrestling with whether to give you their life or not. God, I pray they would have the boldness to take that first step. And and just to pray this morning that, God, you would come into their hearts and that you would lead them and guide them. And then you would surround them with people who are going to help them on this journey. So, God, we love you and we thank you for your word, for your leadership in our life and for what you want to do. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.